0: I'm a local loan officer in West Palm Beach, Florida. I've been in the mortgage industry for the last eight years. I've worked in the industry throughout the country. I've closed over a thousand loans during my career, so I've seen it all. I'm on a mission to make mortgages both entertaining and educational. Welcome to Lending with Leah. This is the podcast for anyone thinking about potentially owning in the process of buying or even owned their own home. And today, a little bit special, this is also going to be for anyone listening who has an interest in getting into the mortgage industry. So, today I brought a very special guest for you guys. This is Charlotte Northway, and she is with Mortgage 300, and she's a fellow loan officer. Yes, I am. Thank you for
1: inviting me. You're
0: welcome. <laughs> Thank you for coming and for episode 10, celebrating our double digits. Double digits. <laughs> <laughs> but a big reason why I wanted to bring Charlotte in as today's guest is because today we're going to be talking to... Uh, you know the audience as far as anyone who has a interest or an inkling or wants to know a little bit more about the mortgage business and i know you've kind of done a couple different roles i've done a few different roles and so i think both of us together have a really uh, wide range of knowledge about the industry yes
1: absolutely
0: so charlotte Tell everyone a little bit about yourself, not just career-wise, but what are some like fun things about you?
1: Sure, so. um, (laughs) You like cringed a little (laughs) bit (laughs) there. I don't love talking about myself, but I need to, we're going to practice. Um, so, a little bit about myself. Um, again, my name is Charlotte Northway. I am a mortgage loan originator here in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Um, I'm also a loan officer assistant to two other uh, loan officers in my branch. Um, that was a really great way to kind of uh, put my foot in the door. So, I'm grateful for that opportunity. And you must also have a full plate, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. No, but it's great. You get to touch so many, you know, different files right from the beginning. Um, yeah, I was originally born in Kenya, but I've been in Florida since I was eight years old. So I consider myself a native. Um, I didn't know you were born in Kenya. I was. Yes. That is awesome. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So what brought you guys here then? What was that deciding factor? My parents always wanted to come to the States. Um, so yeah, a few, few years, um, my parents just always wanted to come to the States and decided, uh, when I was about seven, that it was the time to, to do it. So, uh, they tried Europe first, somewhere in Holland, um, and then they just up. weren't feeling the yeah. Holland vibe. They enjoyed it. They enjoyed it. They loved it. But ultimately, they wanted to come here. So uh, New York was actually the first place we lived. Really? Yes. That's yes. okay. Queens. Queens, New York.
0: And But you kind of consider yourself a Florida
1: I Nanda. do. I so do. So when did you get here to Florida? So from Queens, we tried the Midwest, Ooh. Missouri. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> they had a uh, an awful blizzard that winter, so that was it for Missouri. Um, and then we uh, settled down here in Fort Lauderdale when I uh, right after my eighth birthday. That's awesome. Yeah. Ooh. I love me.
0: I mean, like, I think, because I've done some out-of-state moves, and I think that's a big thing, but
1: you did some out-of-country moves. Yes. That's a big thing. Yes. I'm just glad I still have uh, tons of memories um, from, like, my family home in Kenya and things like that. Well, yeah, because being eight, you're mm-hmm. still going to have some of those, you know, mem- like you said, memories and things like that, that you can look back on. Yeah. Do you ever get to go back and visit? Not yet, but we are actually planning a trip because my husband and his parents want to go. So that'll be a, that'll be a fun trip. Oh, it's like <laughs> the perfect excuse. Yes. Like,
0: hey, you read my
1: go visit my,
0: my yes. home. Yes, let me born. show you where I'm
1: from. Let's go and take a safari. It'll be awesome. That is
0: so much cooler than me. I'm like, hey, like, do you want to go back home to Arizona? Let's go to the, go to the desert. We'll look at some rocks and some cacti. Hey, I'd be down to go to the desert. <laughs> lots of people love the desert. I think just having lived in mm-hmm. it and grew up in it, like every time I fly back and i open my window on the plane i'm like oh it's brown (laughs) different shades of brown yep that's it (laughs) i love all the greenery that we have here in florida right absolutely (laughs) well that's awesome that you know just getting a little bit about the you know your background Mm -hmm. but give us a little more background as far as career-wise
1: you know, what were you doing before you started working in the mortgage business? Sure. So I got my degree um, actually right here in West Palm Beach in finance. Um, So I knew somehow I would end up somewhere in this world. But um, originally, so right out of school, my first corporate job was actually in insurance. So I was dealing with life, health, and variable annuities. Um, I got it plugged into a really small office, so I got to learn pretty quickly. Uh It was great. Um, However, for me, it, every day was, was pretty much the same, um, which was a little a little boring, boring. for me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, when I made the transition to this world, um, I definitely cannot say that no two days are the same. No. <laughs> no two days are the same.
0: Oh my God. And sometimes that's wonderful. And sometimes it like makes you want it's to. It's Yes.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah. One yeah. day you know what you're doing and the next day it's like Why am I here?
0: (laughs) I think the same thing. I'm like, I've been doing this for eight and a half years now, Mm -hmm. and I still run into on a fairly regular basis new things that I haven't come across yet.
1: Constantly growing.
0: But hey, it's just adding to that Repertoire?
1: Yeah. Repertoire? Yeah. Yes. You say it so much nicer <laughs> I just committed. I don't even know if that's the right way to say it. Okay. I have a thing with words.
0: So the last episode, the the guest that I had on. So I have a really hard time. Maybe you do too. Real tour. Realtor. Well, but it's it's real tour. Oh, I've been saying but- it wrong. Well. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, I don't feel so bad now oh my goodness any real tours out there <laughs> listening in on this podcast
1: we apologize yes.
0: we don't mean we'd
1: like to take this moment to apologize please forgive us we will try to do better in the future <laughs> when i have a really hard time saying it i just switch to i'm like real estate agent yes or agent
0: yes. because i'm like oh
1: that's I'll a good always background. I anyway. have heard people say realtor and I'm like, that's not right. There is no extra A there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cause it's R E A L yes. and then T O R. They like to put an extra A in there. <laughs> yeah, I would do something like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and before you got started, so I know you mentioned that you went to school for finance. Mm-hmm. So obviously the two are, are related to one another. But what kind of initially drew you or attracted you to the mortgage world and that part of finance versus all the other parts of finance that are out there?
1: Right. So originally, I thought I was going to go into the financial advisor side of things. Um, However, I had a really close friend in college who kind of delved right into this world as soon as we graduated. So um, every time her and I would catch up, she would let me know what's going on. I mean... Before I even spoke to her, I didn't know that this was like an industry that could be done, you know, outside of a bank, you know. So it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was awesome. She's the one who introduced me to it. Um, and as far as things that attracted me to this industry, I feel like it's, it's – we're still in the people business. We're in real estate. It's flexible. And, I mean, there's an uncapped earning potential. So. Absolutely. All amazing things.
0: <laughs> we love that. And we're going to definitely share with you guys what the – uh, you know, I think the point too of today is kind of give you guys a peek behind the curtains. So, you know, we want to tell you guys all the beautiful, wonderful things about the mortgage business, you know, and then we're also going to tell you some of the not as pretty parts of it too, right? Yes, like nitty gritty, the nitty gritty the nitty-gritty of it. And, but you know, I think it's so important, especially when you're looking to get into a new career is to really understand the full picture of what it looks like, what are the potential possibilities, what are the downfalls, that way you can make the best choice you know, for yourself. The more information you have, knowledge is power. Knowledge is absolutely power. <laughs> so diving into everything, there are many different roles within the mortgage industry. So even though Charlotte and I are both loan officers, You know, we want to talk to you guys, too, about other roles in the industry uh, because, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Absolutely not. And there's definitely something, I think, for everyone. So we're going to kind of break out some of the more, I think, more main roles and just kind of talk on them. So first is first. Let's talk about being a loan officer. Since that's what we do now, I think that's kind of a good one to maybe start with and we'll just knock that one
1: out of the way. Absolutely. I don't know where to start.
0: (laughs) So one thing that I'll start with is I get asked this all the time. I'm sure you do too, but I have clients that'll say, well, what's the difference between you and a bank? What's the difference between you and a mortgage broker? So I think this is a good time where we can talk and kind of actually break out what those differences are for you guys. Um, You know, because that, they're all originator roles, uh, but they're done differently. And so maybe one of these is going to fit someone better than another one. Absolutely. So what would you say is a non-bank loan officer?
1: So a non-bank loan officer um, would be me. Someone who's a direct loan officer who you know works with an in-house team of underwriters, um, closers every you know our own processors kind of has a an umbrella we are I like to say that we are the the best of both worlds when it comes to being a non-bank loan officer and a broker we have the power of the bank and uh, but we also have the flexibility of the broker mm-hmm. yeah that's a good way to put it mm-hmm. and one of the things
0: too are the one of the biggest differences between a non-bank loan officer and then a bank loan officer is the licensing yes
1: too. yes so when you work at a bank, you kind of get your licensure from the umbrella of just being associated with the bank. hmm Right. And then when
0: you're with a non-bank lender as a loan officer, you have to be individually licensed. Yes. So I think that's something, you know, to consider if you're looking to get into this business is one, I mean, I recommend going through the licensing process just because I, I think it's important to know if you're going to be originating loans what just getting that education but I guess if you didn't want to get licensed you want to be a little I don't want to use the term lazy but (laughs) I'm I'm like kind of like hounding on bank loan officers a little bit but if you don't want to get licensed being a bank loan officer is a is a good route yes to go
1: yes and um I mean banks will provide you with leads as well
0: They Mm -hmm. have a pool
1: of customers just because, you know, they do checking and savings and CDs and they have a whole other uh, range of products that attract people. So they will more than likely, you know, give you a certain caliber of leads. They might not all be winners, however, but you don't Mm -hmm. have to go do the the hustle and bustle of being an individual loan officer where you're creating your own relationships with realtors and borrowers and marketing yourself. And that could
0: be, you know, at least in my opinion, I think that's a great way Mm -hmm. to start in the business. Like if you're just becoming a loan officer, because then, like you said, you're not out hustling and trying to win over leads. They're just kind of coming to you. And I think that gives you a chance to really hone in your skills as an originator. I would agree. And then what about a mortgage broker?
1: So, a mortgage broker, yeah, I would just, again, they're kind of the intermediary between the buyer and the actual mortgage lender who will be financing the loan. Um, So, they take your information, they take your application, they have a few tools to go ahead and kind of give you an idea of what you would be, you know, be a pre-approved for. They can issue a pre-approval letter. Um, But once you actually get under contract and it's time to lock in your rate, you would actually have to lock that in with your specific mortgage lender. Um, And there are many lenders out there. They all do things a little differently. Mm -hmm. So it's important to keep that in mind and have a good broker who uh, is kind of staying on top of that and and keeping time. Um, Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
0: And I will say, so I can speak on, you know, I've never personally worked for a bank, but I have been a loan officer and am officer with a non-bank lender. Uh, And I've also been a mortgage broker before too. I didn't know this. Yeah, when I first moved to West Palm Beach, I actually came over uh, and was a mortgage broker. And so one of the differences, I guess you can say, or uh, I'll say struggles and successes with being a broker over being a non-bank lender So one of the successes that I found was the flexibility of, in terms of interest rates, right? Mm -hmm. If you have, because lenders all, their interest rates all vary. And so occasionally I'd have one lender that maybe was offering a special for a certain type of loan on interest rates. And so that you do get a, I think a little bit of a leg up when you're a mortgage broker in that sense of kind of shopping rates. But one of the things I struggled with and you touched on it is that it's not one system. It so for anyone looking, you know, to get into this business if you're a mortgage broker, each lender you're shopping with has a different system. Yes, that you have to learn.
1: They have their own system, their own timeframes. Some, you know, lenders will, you know, happily take a 45-day, you know, closing. Some are Mm -hmm. like, ooh, you know, we don't do anything less than 30 or whatever it is. Um, But I think the systems, but also the fact that it's not you controlling the loan. Mm -hmm. You don't always know exactly what's happening with the loan. You have to call in. You have to, you know, you you as the broker would have a contact, I'm assuming. Yep. and you can speak to this better, but uh, I know that that would that kind of uh, shied me away from going down the broker road. You do. You get you get one contact. They're usually like um, an account executive
0: is kind of how you refer to them. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was a broker, so I had one lender that was fantastic. Like you could call the underwriter directly. Oh wow! You could call your processor, and then you still had your account executive mm-hmm. for like rush requests, things like that. Mm-hmm. But then I had this other lender, and it was so painful. It's because like it, pulling teeth, right? It, yeah. Well, and they had great rates. Mm-hmm. So it was, I wanted to put the client with there to take the advantage of the rate, but then I didn't want to because their rules, you were not allowed to call the underwriter. You were not allowed to call the closure. Everything had to be done through your account executive, and it was rough. It was rough. I couldn't rush anything if mm-hmm. I needed it. I had no control over the file. It was, we will get to it when we get to it. Yes.
1: And in the meantime, here's your rates. Love the rate you have. And I feel like obviously rates are, you know, important, especially in what you're trying to accomplish in a specific deal. But I would rather have a, you know, kind of more market, um, specific or market reliant rate and know that I'm going to close in 30 days and I can do mm-hmm. as much as possible, as much as I can to get it there in 30 days, then a amazing, amazing rate that, you know, is what sold me. But yeah. there is a possibility that, you know, that
0: that great rate is only great if you close by the yes. contract date. Yes, it's, exactly. If you mess up and go, because I mean, you don't have to extend. So, yeah. Something to keep in mind. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then kind of, I don't want to say a step down because I think that's the wrong, I think that's definitely the wrong verbiage to use, mm-hmm. but a the role of a junior loan officer. Yes. So a junior lo- loan officer to me is someone, they are licensed, mm-hmm. they're a loan officer, but I consider that role to be kind of a loan officer in training type thing. So usually you're Kind of underneath the wing of a more seasoned loan officer, maybe they're giving you leads or they're letting you shadow them, and
1: just I think just really kind of learning the business. Yes, you, you know, you're gathering the pre, you know, the pre-quals, the calls where you're talking to the the borrower about their specific situation. You're giving the pre-approvals. However, you know, when it comes to making the big moves, you're kind of looking to get that stamp of approval from the senior loan officer.
0: I would agree with that. So, I think this is a great role, too, for people who want to step into that loan officer role Mm -hmm. and just maybe want a little bit of practice. Yes, and guidance. Yeah, (laughs) because it's a lot, and it's a great transitionary role, I think. And then the other one, loan officer assistant. So, I know you mentioned that you are doing a mix between being a loan originator and a loan officer assistant. So, Tell everyone a little bit about your experience with that.
1: Sure. I love that I had the opportunity to be a loan officer assistant as somebody who likes to gather as much information as possible just to make myself, you know, that much more valuable to my buyer. um, Being able to be a part of other loan officers' deals and, and contracts is was a great leg up. Um, so I help. Sometimes I do a pre qual call. Sometimes I sometimes I will uh, go ahead and you know start communication with the borrower about what documents I'll answer questions, um, things like that. However, when it actually comes to structuring the deal, the loan officer whose you know name is on you know the contract and has the relationship with the realtor has the final say. Mm-hmm. I'm just here to go ahead and assist them in whatever I can in that process.
0: And I think it's a, and cause I've been a loan officer assistant too, and it just, I think like a junior loan officer, I think mm-hmm. it's a great role to start learning the origination side without putting your reputation on the line.
1: Yes. yes. If you're a little <laughs> bit more timid about, you know, taking full ownership, um, over every step of the way, mm-hmm. um, I think it's a great starting point. Absolutely.
0: And one of the differences I kind of wanna touch on too, since this is an episode for people interested in getting into the field, is kind of the income structure and differences between the different roles, because they are fairly different from one another. Yes. So most loan officer and even a lot of I think most junior loan officer roles too are gonna be usually a hundred percent commission. Mm-hmm. Now, that commission varies, right, depending on who your employer is, what your percentage is, yes, what your role is, how much you're doing in the actual deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, 100% commission. So there is a little bit of a bigger risk when you take on that job versus like a loan officer assistant. Mm-hmm. I'd say what it's usually mixed. At least it was when when I was where I had a base salary or base hourly pay, and then you've bonuses on every loan that you were a part of that you yes. closed.
1: Yes I think that's primarily the gist and, and the basics of how that's structured. However, based on your experience, based on again how much you're doing in the mm-hmm. process, it'll vary, you know, when it comes to your bonus and how much you're making and taking home in salary. Exactly. But I love the idea of, of, of sharing in the bonuses uh, per file. I think it gives everybody a little skin in the game and, and mm-hmm. gives you a little bit more incentive to, to get it done as quickly as possible and in the best way.
0: And I think it also ups your income potential. Oh, absolutely. Right? As a loan officer assistant, you're helping a loan officer, loan officers. And if you can get to the point where you're helping them take a load so they can get more business, yes. then you in turn make more money as well. Everybody wins. Agreed. (laughs) And what about a processor? So now we're kind of getting out of the, what I would classify as the sales roles within the mortgage industry and Mm -hmm. into the operations roles. Yes. Yes.
1: Um yeah so processors are oh my goodness to have a great processor is everything in this Life business changing yes, literally like, wow. <laughs> um, yeah so processors are the ones that uh they're they're really not involved in the kind of front of house they're more back of house as how I like to think of it um so at this point the contract and ev- all the information all the document has been submitted to underwriting and uh, the process, the underwriters now come back with a list of conditions and it is a processor's job to go ahead and knock through those out, knock through, you know, those conditions as quickly and as efficiently as possible. Mm-hmm. These are people who are organized. These are people who. Yeah.
0: So if you are not organized, I'm going to go out on a limb and say processing is not the job for no, you. Don't do, <laughs> don't do it.
1: Don't do it.
0: When I was a processor, I had like five spreadsheets. They were color coded. Yes. I had like folders, like each LO and each borrower
1: was subcategorized and this, and there's no standardized like system for a processor. Well, there is as far as the loan being processed, but for you to actually keep track of your own notes, your to-do list, you really do have to come up with your own system. So, Mm -hmm. and this
0: one too, kind of like sales So processors, just like loan officer assistants, just like loan officers are going to have direct contact and communication with clients. Yes. So any of these roles we've talked about so far, I would say, if you don't like people, don't do these. Not for you. (laughs) (laughs) These ones are not for you.
1: (laughs) Yes, you are constantly answering questions, uh, you know, quelling any fears or doubts. Um, Yeah, this is definitely part of the people business, these roles. But... If you don't like people,
0: I think there's still a great
1: role. <laughs> yes, there is. If you prefer not to <laughs> interact with individuals um, every minute of the day. <laughs> da, 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 B A. Oh, yeah, exactly. Underwriter. Exactly. Oh my goodness. So scary. The stigma behind that. I love it. There
0: is so. I apologize if any of my underwriters are listening to this podcast. I love you guys. We love you guys. We can't do what we do without you. Clear to close my loan. Yes. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, there, there is definitely a little bit of a stigma with underwriters, but taking that aside and the jokes aside, yes. uh, I think that's a great role for someone who's not a huge people person mm-hmm. because you can't have communication with clients so it, it becomes a conflict of interest and so underwriters don't have to talk to clients yes. and customers and
1: yes their job is to just make sure that that loan and that file is as um you know what's the word i guess congruent with the guides that yeah you know,
0: meets the guidelines yes it's going to be approvable it's a sellable loan yes so i'd say this is probably another good role for someone who's highly organized Uh, Someone who likes following rules. (laughs) I would say if you're a rule breaker, underwriting's probably also not.
1: No, no. There is a box and it needs to fit in the box.
0: Yes. (laughs) But it's also okay to uh, think outside the box a little bit. I think underwriters who can think outside of the box and creatively are extremely successful. Yes. Very very valuable to a team. Mm -hmm. And then... I think kind of the last role would be closers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you want to delve a little bit into that? Yeah. Them? So so out of all these roles, I've never been an underwriter or a closer. I've done all of the other ones. But a closer is kind of the tail end of the transaction. So after the underwriter approves the loan, then the closer takes it. And the closer balances all the final numbers with the title company. They're usually sending documents for closing and for signing and then oftentimes the closer will fund the loan too yes i would say even though i've never had this role before i would say this is a role where you have to be very good under pressure yes because we all want a loan that's clear to close you know a week week beforehand ready to go yeah
1: black and white
0: but there's a lot of times closers don't get they don't even get the file until the day of mm-hmm. or the day before closing, mm-hmm. and like you gotta be on your p's and q's. You gotta be able to move fast, and I think you just have to be good under pressure. Yes, I think that that's the the primary uh, characteristic of a successful closer. But if you're good and you and you really strive being under
1: pressure, I think that's a fabulous role to be in. Yes. And that feeling when it's funded and Yay. everything is signed and everything's ready to go. It's the best feeling.
0: And also with this one too, I, you know, uh, I don't think it has to be as people, the person of a job, like probably a little more than an underwriter. Mm-hmm. But this is probably still a good one if you don't really want to have direct, customer client interaction
1: yes most of the time you're just communicating with the title company and you know whoever else in your office that you need to uh, work with to get it through the door
0: (laughs) and now that we've kind of gone through the roles and just to wrap up and give a little bit more insight what's one piece of advice that you would give someone who's interested in working in this field
1: Ooh. I think the most important piece of advice that I could give someone is to really take the time in the beginning to know your why and to solidify mm. it. You, There are going to be some days where you're just like, this is this is a lot. It is taking everything out of me. There's not mm-hmm. enough hours in the day. People are difficult. You know, there's too many conditions. It's there's going to be some rough days. And I think if you know your why, you know why you're getting up in the in the morning, um, prospecting with, with new realtors, you know, taking care of your buyers in the best way possible and really just being there for them, it'll make it all worth it. And that could be anything. It's everybody's why is so different. It's so specific, but I think it's really important to, to figure it out in the beginning. I think so, too. Yeah. What's your why? <laughs>
0: I put my you on why. This spot.
1: <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Um, my why, it's, I'm really just family oriented. So I'm really just looking forward to, you know, growing my family. I want a lot of Aww. kids. I want some land, I want a farm. Um, So yeah, to just be able to to give everybody in my family, I'd love to retire my parents at one, you know, just, it's a lot of taking care of people, but that's what gives me joy. So yeah,
0: yeah. I love that. What's your why? My why? So my why is just helping people. I love helping people. I've always wanted to be in a business Mm -hmm. where I'm helping people Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. homes are usually the biggest purchase of someone's life and there is so much more emotionally tied Mm. to it you know for example i had a a new lead a new client that i called last week and so she started sharing with me that she's actually in the middle uh, of a domestic abusive marriage wow trying to get out she's so she's not out yet she's in the middle of it And she really wants to relocate to Florida and she wants a home for her and her kids where she's going to be safe and she can give them, you know, a a better life. And it really touched me. I've talked about it, actually, I think in my third episode, but I was in a domestic abusive marriage as well. And so, just being able to relate mm. to someone on that level, and she started sharing her story, and I was like, "I'm gonna stop you because, me too." Wow. And you know, those moments—that's that's my why. And we don't get those every client. Mm-hmm. So just anyone listening, <laughs> it's not like every client you work with is gonna be heartfelt. Yeah, and but, yeah.
1: <laughs> fuzzy. And so close to, you know, what is on your heart. Um, mm-hmm. but, but they are there and they do come, you know, when you least expect it. And to be able to, to give them your all and to just kind of, again, give them the keys at the end of the, the transaction and, and say welcome home is, is everything. I agree.
0: And I think before the last thing, before we go, I want to hear from you and then I'll share too to real quick. But what is a typical date for you in this industry? What does that look like?
1: So the typical day for me is, man, I feel like it's a mixture because I am doing two roles right now. I Mm -hmm. am sort of like a junior loan officer and a uh, loan officer assistant. So um, I come in and it's, you know, checking in on all the files and where we're at. I like, I I like a to-do list. I like a this is where we're at on every you know status update, uh, both my files and others. There's definitely a portion of my day where I am cold calling as much as Ooh, don't love calling. it. So there, there is cold calling involved in this business, on this especially on the sales side. So just and in the market, in the market that we're in, I feel like the mm-hmm. last two years. Cold calls really, maybe weren't being done as much as possible. We all got a little spoiled. Yes, (laughs) and now it's definitely coming back. Now it's time. Yes, Mm -hmm. but uh, cold calling, attending networking events—I usually have maybe two or three a week. So, um, but those are great. I love interacting with people on a you know one-on-one basis. Um, But yeah, it's just it's it's checking lists and connecting with people every day.
0: like literally every day
1: day. (laughs) and that's kind of what a
0: a typical day for me is very similar to that so you know for me I make myself available 12 hours a day for clients so 9 a.m to 9 p.m so always got my phone on me so 9 a.m hits and uh, depending on the day can be at the office i might be at home mm-hmm. some days i'm teaching classes so that's a big thing too uh, especially i think as a loan officer there's an education component to it as well yes. so teaching classes talking to clients new old in the middle of the process mm-hmm. um helping the loans that are under contract make their way through yes. marketing so marketing. you're doing things for social media um now there's the podcast so then i'm here for that and then like you said networking groups as well and and it's a lot so i think if you are going to get into this business you know you really just like charlotte said find your role what do you love to do what is your personality like and there's a role for everyone in here absolutely i truly believe that And if anyone has any questions too, and wants to learn more about the business or pick our brains a little bit more, you can find me on all the platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, like all the other ones. You are Um, busy. It is so hard to manage all those platforms. (laughs) Goal for 23, hire social media person. Yes. Wow. But all on there lending with leah dm me my phone number there too you can call me text me if you have
1: questions or want to learn more and charlotte where can everyone find you yeah so you can find me on facebook and on instagram i am the.mortgage.planner on instagram um, and my name on facebook is charlotte northwaite uh, email, phone number, everything is there. Uh, quick Google. It's not very hard to get in touch with us. Yeah. That's (laughs) the thing
0: with being, don't, if don't be a loan officer, if you don't want your information literally blasted everywhere because it is. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you everyone for tuning into today's episode and we'll see you all again in a couple weeks.
1: Thank you.